0: Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast-creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. I'm your host, Laurel Gurrier. All right, welcome everyone to Birth Stories in Color. Uh, this is our first episode, and we are so excited to have you all tuning in um, and joining our community. I think um, the way that we should really start this off is kind of explain why. Why are we doing this podcast? Um A small introduction, my name is Laurel Gurrier, I am a birth and postpartum doula, Um, along with that I do some special education work, but um, in the past two years my main focus has been um, doula work, and I also have with me here today, you can go ahead and introduce
1: yourself, (laughs) Hi, my name is Danielle Jackson. I am also a birth and postpartum doula here in the Columbus, Ohio area. I recently, just a year ago, started doing this work and previously worked just in social work. So,
0: Yeah, so Danielle and I actually met, um, I think that the first time we met was at a birth expo. Like we had been chatting through Facebook, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and then we met at the birth expo and immediately like clicked and a conversation that like sparked for us was, you know, we need a space. We need to do something for people to share their birth stories. And of course, because of the excitement of the expo, we didn't actually even really get to talk about that, but both agreed that that was something that was important. Um, And then the stars aligned, things came together, and <laughs> we actually met again. Um, was it? A
1: through- Dueless of Color yes, training. Yes,
0: a Dueless of Color um, training that we did, and the training was fabulous, and we met a lot of great um, women who were ready to do the work, and I think it was the second day we were like chatting in the front, and both of us were like, we need a space for people to share their stories. Like, this needs to happen. Um, And we both were just talking about, like, some of our ideas, and both were like, we need to start a podcast. Da-da-da-da-da. Here we are. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So this podcast is really – I know for myself, and I know that Danielle can also maybe probably speak on this, but when I was starting research for my first um, pregnancy, I really felt like most of the focus was on – all the negative things about pregnancy and birth and no one was really telling me anything positive about it. And I'm like, there's no way, like I'm growing life, I'm creating life and there's nothing positive that you can tell me about that. Um, and I know, especially now, um, a lot of focus is on, you know, people of color and our stories around our birth experiences. And so this podcast, we hope not only is a space for people to learn but also a place for people to process their births, whether negative or positive. Um, what do you think? Did I hit on everything, Danielle?
1: Yes, absolutely. We found that when you become pregnant and someone realizes you're pregnant, they almost immediately start throwing up their story to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> their own past experience. And a lot of times those negative things linger so long and there's a set lack of healing that it becomes the the spotlight of the story, and it's hard for them to kind of come around to what good happened during that pregnancy or during their labor and delivery. Yes,
0: definitely. Um, So, you know, just as a heads up for all you guys who may have children or who may have crazy work schedules, um, you guys know how hard it can be to sometimes arrange everyone to be in the same space. Um, Danielle and I will be co-hosting this show together, but some episodes you may just hear her voice um, as host. Some days you may hear mine or you may hear both of ours, but um, this is our our podcast together and we hope that it is a a net of community for everyone who joins us. But we thought the best way to, to start everything was one of us sharing our stories. So today... Danielle will actually be sharing her birth story, um, and I know in our conversation, you know, she's explained that you know, her first birth was definitely overshadowed by um, some health histories that she, have, she had, but she came through that and developed a confidence that helped prepare her for her second birth. So um, before we jump into your story, I think, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your first pregnancy and birth and how that um, impacted you know, your
1: second birth? I would definitely say my the confidence that I had in my second birth was rooted in my first birth. So the overlying issue of my first birth was that I am actually a heart attack survivor. I had experienced a myocardial infarction as a twenty-three year old due to some medication I was taking. And when I started prenatal care with my OVGYN, I was referred to the high-risk clinic for consultation, But my heart had healed quickly after the event, so I was not deemed at risk. But the cardiologist would be on call and be notified upon my arrival to the hospital. Um, When I did arrive at the hospital, I just remember simply going with the flow. I accepted whatever was presented to me, and now I know that was rooted in my own anxiety about my heart. There were no complications for me or my daughter. That was just kind of the base of it. And after actually experiencing childbirth, even if I have been active and working out and stuff, actually putting my heart through the actual pregnancy and the labor and delivery actually allowed me to know that I was truly healed from that. Yeah.
0: I find that most people, when they talk, if, if they've had multiple children and they talk about that first experience, um, there's so much focus on, you know, this is what I know. So this is what I'm going to go with. And, right. um, you know, I'm not going to challenge anything like this. Th- this is what they're telling me. This is what everybody is saying. So that's what I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with. And I know even, you know, you had more, um, things that you had to prepare for, but not, I think now you probably have even more knowledge of how you could have prepared for that to even have it look and be a different experience.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, Just the whole label process as a whole, it was very much so just, can I do this? Will Mm -hmm. I be able to do without complication, you know? And getting through it now, I know, of course I can, (laughs)
0: yes for sure well let's um let's jump into your second birth then um you know you had your first birth you walked away empowered I got this how what did your second pregnancy and second and then tell us about your second birth
1: well my second pregnancy um the main issue for me were more sinuses like, for some reason, everything about my sinuses just went crazy. My eyes even changed shape, and oh, wow. I couldn't even wear contacts. Wow. <laughs> I couldn't wear contacts until my daughter was like nine months old. <laughs> wow. And I knew it was directly related because through the pregnancy, I would get like sinus issues and all that. Yeah. It was crazy. But If that's crazy, I guess it's really not in comparison to what some people go through, but it did give me knowledge about how much a woman's body changes during that pregnancy and how it's so true that it really does take about a year for a woman's body to go back to what it was like before, for sure. including your eyes. <laughs> for, sure. <laughs> for sure. I read a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was more concerned about, like I said before, my health and then, like, becoming a parent the first time. And the second time, I was able to learn more about what my options were in terms of my birth, um, in terms of what I would allow to happen to my child when she came out of my womb. Um, and I just trusted myself more. Right. My um, began on a Saturday morning, and my mom had arrived a couple days before. She was on baby watch. So um, I had things planned that day, and like a soccer game for my little cousin, and we were going to go shopping. And I did all of those things. Um, I could feel the contractions building and growing throughout the day. And I would just pause, just simply pause. And then I'd go back to watching the game <laughs> and enjoy the show. Yeah. <laughs> so, which was a big difference than the first one because my water broke and I took myself, my husband and I, we just went to the hospital. You right? Know? So, But yeah, we just went through all those things. It required a lot of walking around. I used a lot of energy that day. But it was good for me, it was good for me to keep moving and to let my body just do the work. And when we finally did get home, my um, contractions had started to establish a pattern and I just kind of started the process of putting my other daughter to sleep, but she really didn't want to go to sleep. And so she was kind of in and out the room, just kind of watching me.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: because I was looking different, Right. Clearly.
0: Right, they pick up on that for
1: sure. They do. She became like my little doula. Everybody else is like downstairs, but she's like on mommy watch. So, but I found myself in a lot of like yoga poses, a lot of like cat cow. And it really just allowed, I didn't really think about it. I remember not really thinking about what I was doing, but just letting my body do what it wanted to do and Mm -hmm. what it needed to do. And I can look back and reflect on that now And I share those positions with other moms as a doula. But um, just even that, how innate that was for me. Like, I didn't really think about it. Like, oh, somebody said do this. I just did it. You know, Um, then I kind of got her to her room and I relocated to the bathroom because then I was like, I'm just going to take a bath. (laughs) I'm just going to soak in the tub and see what happens. Um, I got the water going, but I never quite got in the tub because my contractions have just built so much. They were so strong. I said, I think it's time to go to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so so I just, I told my daughter who refused to go to sleep (laughs) because she just showed back up in the bathroom with me. I told her, I said, go get dad. We're going to go to the hospital. Yeah. So. And from there, we arrived at the hospital. Maybe we left home about 10:30. The hospital is about 15 minutes away, so we got there. And I had been in my rhythm, but then I think I either forgot to pre-register or something. But I know I had to sign a lot of papers once I got there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just remember coming out of my zone, doing that. Um, it was such a distraction. I was the contractions were so strong. And I just kind of lost my focus. Right. And I lost control of it. Um, once they got me situated in my birthing room, I remember, I remember the nurse asking me if I wanted my epidural, if I wanted an epidural, and, and if I wanted it bef- before she checked my cervix. <laughs> and, and I just remember just being like, just give me the epidural at this point. I felt like I had just lost that whole control piece at that point. I was like, I'm doing this now, you know, like, give me some relief. Yeah. Um, And I think that at that point, I could have used someone saying, are you sure? Right. You look like you're pretty close already. Right. Just, I could have used, like, that doula, you know, in that space of just, Making me check myself. It wasn't really necessary that my plan was to have an epidural or not to have an epidural. Mm-hmm. I was just going in and seeing how I felt. Um, and I went with it. And I did have relief. And my daughter arrived at about 1.20 in the morning. And so it did not take very long. Yeah. Uh, clearly. But <laughs> and, um, so that was different because the first time like I said we my water broke we arrived at the hospital and we were there about 12 hours yeah. before we had a baby and that's like a huge difference it's not that I didn't labor all day I have that same amount of time as that I had one I had control two I have the comfort of my family around me I had the comfort of my home um, and I just made my own choices within that it's not to say that you know, the nurse was wrong at all for asking me if I want an epidural. She's asking me if I want pain relief, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. You know? So I don't look back at that as a negative experience for me. I, I got what I needed at the time, and I went through that birth, and it just felt so much better. Yeah, Like, it felt the story that I can share. It's a story that brought me into doula work to say to moms, like, that first time mom was cool, you know. Yeah. She she made it through. She survived. <laughs> But that second time, mom, she worked it out. Yeah. And I loved to help moms, like, see their own power before that.
0: Right. Because birth can be so powerful. And, I mean, you brought up some really good points that, you know, sometimes, you know, reminding people that you could be in a beautiful rhythm at home. Like, you've got everything going. But when when you shift, whether that's to a hospital, whether that's to a birthing center, whether that's somebody else enters the room, that can sometimes mess up that rhythm um Absolutely. and being aware of that and preparing for that um and then also like the control that you had this time so even right. though maybe your plan shifted or maybe it didn't you were in control of whether you said yes or no like that was your right. choice um and i think people right. forget that they have those choices and they can say yes or no or can i come back and can i think about it
1: um right and think end- about it important right yeah everything is immediate especially with birth and especially if it's your first time it all seems to be going so fast
0: right and then you know you walking away from that and and really feeling like that was your experience i just think that's like so powerful about it all like it was your experience because in the end like you're the one you remember those things your family remembers that like it's not a memory that ever goes away Um, you may not always remember all like the bits and pieces of your birth story, but you remember how you felt, how you were treated and what happened. So, yeah. (laughs) And I mean, you guys aren't in the studio with us, so you can't see, but you can definitely like when you were sharing the two stories, of course, like you're happy about your first birth, but there's a, there was a difference in the way you talked about it and looked as you were sharing your second story. And I think that is because you felt so much power, um, in that experience for sure. So can you talk a little bit about postpartum? Like, what did postpartum look like for you um, with either birth? Like, how did you, and what do you think about postpartum?
1: I think with postpartum care, the first time around, well, both times I had my mom support. Um, that was really critical for me. She's just, she's just awesome. Yeah. She's one of those moms that just kind of does everything without being asked exactly what you need, even though sometimes you want to be more specific. Yeah. But- <laughs> She just does things you don't even know you need. Like, yeah. oh, I'm leaning behind your stove. But it's like... <laughs> Perfect. But someone needs to do it right. right. Um, she was very supportive uh, with making food and keeping the house together and allowing my husband to support me in the ways that he needed to as well um, and then also being able to go back to work. My husband was really helpful and picking up making meals once my mom did leave and I did nurse both girls and his job was always to get them out of bed like the night feedings he would just and I didn't have to talk to him about it or ask him he just would get her out of bed and bring her to me to nurse you know and even if she was in a bassinet in our room he made it a point to be a part of that relationship even which can be hard for breastfeeding moms and dads um Because they always don't don't always know where they fit in. Right. But it was good to have people come and bring meals and just checking in on you, coming to visit without being overbearing, just kind of checking in, wanting to hold the baby. So, yeah, for me, postpartum is as important as that prenatal planning that we do. We want to prepare so much for our birth, but once the baby's there, you kind of don't want to ask people for things sometimes right. I think and when people say they'll help, it's kind of like, I don't really know what I need you to do. <laughs> so, <Right. laughs> um, sometimes people are funny about other people cooking them food and all that. And so I think that if people planned it out more, um, postpartum care with who's coming to visit, when are they coming? Um, Trying to keeping it, no little people coming with you if you can help it. Mm-hmm. Because for work. They just are. Right. Um, allowing mom to sleep while someone else is, you know, checking out on baby. A shower. Yep. You know, meals were really critical. Um, especially as a nursing mom, you want to eat something healthy uh, and warm. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you need that in yeah. your own healing process. So it's important for people to plan it more. And to see what that looks like once your mom is gone, if you have that type of support. Like, okay, my mom's going to be here for a week. Who can be here next week? Right. And that doesn't look like someone actually living with you for a week or anything like that. But just my checking in, you know, an hour or two here and there. And so somebody can put eyes on you, especially if you're a single mom and don't have somebody there with you every day. Because you need to see how moms are healing. Right. Well, emotionally, physically, are they connecting with their baby? I think a lot of that stuff gets lost until we hear a story that we're sad about in the news and we think, Well, who's checking on her? Right. You know? Um, so that's my thoughts on postpartum care. Yeah, for sure. And I think um
0: if you do have a, a spouse or a partner having those conversations about, you know, the daytime I think it's always a little bit easier for people to figure out like what the routine might look like that. But nighttime, whether you're nursing or you're bottle feeding, baby's going to wake up a couple of times. So what is that going to look like? Are you going to go get the bottles? Are you going to be up with me a couple of times? Um, Because it can be kind of like a lonely experience at three o'clock in the morning. And you're like, oh, my partner, or my spouse is sleeping, but the baby needs to eat. But... Who can I talk sleeping to? Good. Yeah, <laughs> sleeping. <good. laughs> so having those you know conversations might make it easier. If that's if you feel like it's something they're not naturally picking up on, but just like, hey, even if you're just like staring at me, it just helps right. to know that I'm like, it's yeah, it's you're tired too. T- exactly. Right. Um, so definitely, I think postpartum, like preparation for postpartum, should be just as intense or just as um, involved as you do for your birth, um, because Absolutely. it is like a whole, so it, it really is where, um, things take off. And like you said, really checking in with, um, the mother or the birthing person about like, how are you? Um, I can see how baby's mm-hmm. doing, but how are you? Um, and like you said, they
1: might just need a shower that day. Um, all right. So for sure. having. I think, to, an- go ahead. Um, I think another key word to, um, when people here ask you, well, how are you doing? And someone says, fine. Right. That word is so tricky. Right. You know?
0: Yeah. Because what does that actually mean? Fine. Right. Like, can you elaborate? And sometimes, you know, people don't know what they actually need. Or sometimes people aren't really good. Like I know for myself, I am not good about asking for help. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I can do it. I can do it when actually like you need to go sit down somewhere and have somebody else hold this baby for a second. <laughs> right. So, um, right. you know, definitely checking in and, and sometimes dissecting for them like, okay, you say you're fine. Do you want me to do this? Is this something you were thinking about doing today? Um, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Cause I feel like people are always hungry or thirsty. So, <laughs> right. um, definitely, um, Starting your preparation for what your village and your support will look like is important. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, I love you know how much confidence you got from from both experiences and how you were really mindful about um, what those would look like. But is there anything else you want to share with listeners, whether that's resources, advice, anything else they should be thinking about that you don't think you
1: touched on already? I'm just saying. One of the big things is to talk to your mother, you know, talk to her about what her birth story was like and talk to your grandmother as well. If she's around, like just to have an idea of what the women in your bloodline have gone through. Um, Some of that trauma likes to seep its way through our own stories and how we navigate life. And it's good to talk about it and air that stuff out. And that would and that may be a way to help even your mother or grandmother heal from something that they may have gone through through childbirth. Even yes. if it wasn't with that child, but with another child. Right. And so and a lot of times moms bring their stories into the labor room and that can be really effectual to to you as the laboring person. And it's important to just talk about it beforehand. Yes. And get that talk to your mom tell her you don't want to hear it again when you get in the (laughs) labor helping her come around to what the big parts is because it's your show this time you know right Um, have the best possible outcome for yourself and for your baby right and allow your story to help heal your family as well for sure well, thanks again. Um,
0: if you found that you connected to any part of today's show or are interested in more stories, please subscribe and let us know what you think. Um, if you find yourself wanting to share your own story, you can head over to com to complete a story submission. And if you missed any parts of what we talked about today or um, want some resources, I will make sure that they are in the show notes at LGDoola.com. But Again, Danielle and I are so excited to have you all listening and tuning in, and thank you for joining our community today. Thanks for listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, go to lgdoula.com.